0: everyone. Welcome to another episode of Parallel Barkings. My name is Larry Backer Woof-Woof, and I'm here with my puppy.
1: Ariana Backer, bark, bark.
0: Well, today we're going to talk about war, and we're going to talk about new ways of engaging in war. Not new, new ways, but uh, new expressions of the power of emerging uh, techniques for warfare uh, and the way in which it both expands the possibility for combat and democratizes really, takes away the uh, power of the state to control uh, warfare in the modern context. This of course has been made clear in stories that have been circulating over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours uh, in the context of the uh, engagements between Israel and Hamas that started earlier this week. Uh, And it involves in what has been called by some of the press, uh, digital chaos. Uh, Ariana, yeah. so what's
1: going on? And we are referring to a, an article by Wired, <clears throat> which um, retells the uh, what we what they're calling hacktivism, um, or what is being called hacktivism, um, which is uh, as you might uh, be able to tell, is a bunch of hackers um, <clears throat> jumping into um, the fray.
0: Now, these these are both connected to the the institutional apparatus and freelancers, right? People who just want to get involved. Yeah. It's, who may or may not have a connection to the organizations that are the principals in the, the ground operations.
1: Right. So, okay. <clears throat> apparently um within hours of um the rockets entering um israel the such hackavist attacks started to spring up against both sides and when we say both sides it was just against websites and applications um and in a very very short period um since the conflict escalated uh, the hackers targeted dozens of government websites and media outlets and defaced you know defaced many of them and uh, ddos attacks and attempted to overload the targets with you know junk traffic and bringing them down
0: all right so uh, who are these um have they been identified do you know what we're talking about are they uh just a bunch of 16 year olds or are they connected to others they're uh they it haven't 14 year olds today or 12 year olds
1: um let's see they're uh usually a subsets of a larger groups um that Um, have a um, they're like pre-existing groups um, or have a a broader uh, agenda Um, but they have no uh, direct affiliation with either side Um, so they're outside of the state they're outside of any particular um, established institution. Um, let's see what the Wired article said.
0: Right. And and, and some of them, I mean, I've, I've seen what some of them are. And, and interestingly enough, you've got, as you've suggested, uh, just a bunch of, not a bunch of, but fairly well-organized uh, in other circumstances you call civil society-based organizations, which could be a kid in his parents or her parents' uh, basement to organizations with respect to which there's an arm of operations. Uh, and a lot of them have been brought up within and nurtured through the narratives that have been developed by um both sides, uh by all sides in all conflicts. This is just one uh one iteration of what is going to be a general um uh trend. But right. some and are actually connected to uh other uh large state and non state actors who like yeah like
1: it was mentioned in the wired article um it's been most prominently seen between the war uh in russia and ukraine where it's been very common uh for ideologically motivated hackers and cyber criminals to um join into the digital chaos um and escalate the conflict by attacking various websites, either government systems or other institutions that are directly or indirectly involved.
0: Right. And there have been a number of them that have actually been identified. So a couple of them, Killnet and Anonymous Sudan, have been identified as being tied to Russia. Uh, and that's the euphemism that's used. This is a security week uh, posting. Both of them are instrumentalities of the the Russian uh, apparatus. Their formal connection being uh, not clear. Uh, some of them are just groups that may whose connection dotted line or non-dotted line connection we don't know. Ghosts of Palestine is one. Uh, Cyber Avengers with a three uh, is another. Uh, so there have been a number of groups um, that that have already been identified and have been um, have been involved in these things. Um, the interesting thing for this, and as you pointed out, one of the, the, the crucial things is that you no longer can look at any of these conflicts as separated or separable from anything else. So these have bled into, and probably will bleed back into the hot conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Um, they, uh, they tend to use, the techniques tend to bleed over and then uh, their alliances will determine uh, will be determined both by their own particular normative agendas and the the people or groups uh, with which they they are aligned. Uh, the interesting thing about all of these, putting aside, of course, that we understand that all state institutions and large non-state uh, operations that that are into this thing have highly developed and sophisticated uh, institutional apparatus for. Uh, for um, engaging in this front in warfare. But what we're looking at really, and, and what's most interesting here, is, is the, what appears to be the small and medium-sized operators. Uh, and they become very interesting because it's not clear to what extent or, or how they will affect this because it's not clear to what extent uh, they are uh, one is able to control them. And so when you're looking at these groups, you're looking at uh, groups that are autonomous with respect to which control is uncertain. We have no idea if and when they flip, they they have sides or they don't have sides and their own agendas may align, but they they may not be identical with the agendas of the people uh, into whose conflict they will will, uh, go in. Uh, Some of them are uh, anarchist groups. Uh, There would be groups I can imagine that are looking for, uh, what is it called? John Manson used this phrase in 1968, helter skelter, uh, to begin to ignite fires to bring on uh, what they really want, which is a a much larger global conflagration for a spectrum of different ideological uh, reasons or purposes. And a lot of them may be networked with a a number of other agendas and their coordination may be very different. And then of course, All of these may be aligned with or touch on the connections between people who are ideologically motivated or people who like to disrupt, Uh, but they may also be aligned with a number of other well-established non-state actors that fall outside the usual realm of things. Beyond terrorist organizations, you have criminal organizations, uh, and you have uh, criminal organizations of all types—drugs, human traffickers, uh, people connected to um, to uh, uh, elements that are making a ton of money on suppressed markets uh, all over the world—and and so it's all of this, of course, is going to present huge headaches. And the thing that makes this most interesting is that it doesn't take a whole lot of money uh, to open these operations. It takes some skill, but all you need is the ability to go on the internet and a a talent for learning this stuff. You can go to any store and buy enough equipment so that you you're a one-person operation. You can't do a tremendous amount of damage usually, but you have a whole bunch of folks and then folks coming together in these kind of alliances, uh, alliances of convenience that may not last very long, and all of a sudden you've got a significant actor with respect to which the state or uh, non-state actors that are uh, involved in combat operations have no idea um, how to really, how to get a handle on them, how to use them. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's really interesting that um, we are really fixated on how to protect ourselves against um the uh follies of ai which i think is really important but we have yet to really figure out how we are going to steady ourselves for and against uh ill actors in you know the human realm uh, you know hacktivists now that uh are exploiting bugs in systems that we already have we we can't we, we're having trouble dealing with that now
0: or using systems against themselves right. by by crowding in or out of the the yeah spamming um,
1: sending spam right. to users right. intercepting data and you know confusing the messages
0: right and and also and and i, I don't think we can emphasize this enough the, the the anarchic elements of this. Everyone just assumes that you're not going to waste your time and effort to do this uh, because you're doing this in mimicry of elites, and you've got some kind of political, ideological, uh, theocratic, or whatever uh, uh, ideological basis for doing this, and that's your motivation. It is quite possible that any number of these folks are doing this because they can mm-hmm. it's not clear. and because there is and there's it's not possible really to get a handle on this uh because these things change and more people come in and out and you're dealing with hundreds of millions of people potentially who can do this who have access uh in a system that that is built on openness right and and uh, transparency and pro- and internal projectability that it becomes uh, a much much harder thing to do and so in a sense this democratization of a an increasingly significant uh, instrument in aid of war uh, in aid of of, of, um, of state policies which then move into um, uh, the uh, um, killing, right, physical contact, Um, does a number of things. One, I think we're already past the point where we understand war as nothing more than uh, people putting armies out on the field and killing each other. We understand that war is now a spectrum thing, but we still are tied to 19th century notions that war doesn't count unless you have a bunch of bodies on the ground dying we're also now becoming much more sophisticated in distinguishing between that kind of killing on the ground that is tolerated uh, within a rule system and that kind that that we label uh, criminal activity. And that certainly is a process that began uh, at the beginning of the first world war and now has its own institutions and institutional apparatus As, as contentious as it is, it's moving in that direction. But by doing that, we make ourselves blind to the War characteristics of everything up to putting people on the ground and having each other kill, kill, killing each other in a formal and formally defined context. And that's a blind spot for states that I think uh, that is, <laughs> that is, they're paying the price for uh, in, in uh, not capital letters in Ukraine, but in capital letters, I think, in this context where the percentage of killing per size of population uh, is going, is getting very, very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that poses a tremendous amount of problems in two respects. One, the strategy, and of course, that's what everyone focused on. But two, having spent 70 years or so creating a legal apparatus for the containment of, of war, we now discover that in fact, The operational center of war has moved from the thing that they have been obsessing about, lawyers and policymakers have been obsessing about since 1945, it's moved, it's been descended from that into some other place that can have as significantly negative an effect as the traditional fear of putting uh, two sets of uniformed um, groups of people uh, facing each other one way or another, this is metaphorical, and then shooting at each other until one side uh, retreats. That uh, humanity's penchant for thinking in pre 20th century terms is still astonishing in the face of everything they're doing. I agree. I feel they're...
1: like the writing was on the wall when you and, know and the uh, internet I, was invented. Yeah. The internet was invented,
0: and I'm glad you said that. In fact, the writing was on the war uh, on the wall in Israel as well. There were reports certainly uh, in October of 2022, for example, uh, when um, when uh, cyber companies in Israel already began to note and to write. These are things that were posted in, in uh, September, October of 2022, uh, expressing increasing concern about the the rate and nature of what they then called abnormal internet traffic uh, within Israel, wondering what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably some response, but but clearly not one that that in the larger scheme of things uh, was was particularly um, was particularly effective. Uh, and so that's really interesting as well. Um, if the other thing that's interesting, and uh, and it may be useful to talk about this as well. We can't. It's we tend to essentialize when we talk about hackers. You think about uh, a twelve-year-old or a fifteen-year-old, or you think of groups of people who are either cyberpunk or who are the cadres of some other organization that they mindlessly follow and that they become the instruments of, and that they're all used instrumentally, or uh, they're used. Um, they're they're used. Uh, um, anarchically or nihilistically to some ends or others, but what's most, but what is sometimes forgotten is that the weaponry that they use and their effectiveness is the differences in their targets and their effectiveness can also complicate these things. And I I, I can't help but disentangle this as well uh, to make the the matrix uh, that, that we're looking at here in this context a little more com, uh, complete. Uh, and so I, I, I just want to work through some of the the things that are do. just like we have cluster bombs, we have nuclear bombs, we have bullets, we have hackers are not just hacking and clicky clicky and then something happens and it's the same thing. Uh, they're, they're actually quite distinct uh, modulations. Uh, one of them is, and, and there are now names for this, so there's this typography. Uh, one of them is uh, hack and leak. And that's, that's of course, been very common. We we do this even in a non-war context. You go into a system, uh, you hack into it, you get a bunch of sensitive information and you leak it uh, or you sell it. You sell it to criminal gangs. And we've seen that uh, with, with financial information or you sell it to uh, enemies of these people for what's it called doxing purposes, uh, phone numbers, and, and personal information, residents, or you leak it because you want to embarrass them. The Panama Papers and uh, any number of the, uh the Americans have been <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's not really a laugh. The Americans have been uh, uh, a constant uh, victim of these hack and leak. And then they they post a bunch of sensitive uh, diplomatic information. But redacted, another one,
1: Redacted, redacted.
0: Right, right. And another one is to disrupt. So you've got hack and leak, and then you've got disruption. And this is to crash systems. Uh, And you're going to want to crash key systems. Everyone worries about nuclear power plants, but you ought to be able, but you ought to as well worry about taking down a traffic light system in New York uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon uh, or taking down quality control systems in uh, water plants. So here you're looking at key infrastructure. You're crashing the banking system. You're crashing uh, systems for the uh, processing of welfare checks uh, or traffic lights, all of which can have a disruptive effect and much more effective sometimes than just having a bunch of people in uniforms uh, go off and kill other people in uniforms, or in the case of uh, of Israel and Hamas, people who are not in uniforms, um, who just happen to be there um, and, and targeted. So the third, then, is Misdirection. And misdirection takes two forms. One is the usual disinformation, misinformation, malinformation uh, that is meant to confuse uh, and at least to slow down critical responsive processes. Uh, and that will weaken the the ability of the target to, to respond. But it has another variant and that's to overwhelm platforms. Uh, and so misdirection can be used uh, by hijacking a, a platform's perspective and um, and its narrative, uh, can either slow or stop it down, so it bleeds into disruption. Uh, the third, and this is where everyone thinks that the twelve, the ten and twelve year olds are, is defacement. This is online vandalism, uh, and you know the usual. You've got uh, someone going into the uh, the website of the Israeli government and placing up a, a Palestinian uh, from the mountains to the sea, whatever it is, the, 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 the genocide of the Jewish people slogan, um, thing, uh, or they put up a, a laughing head or something, you know, the, that kind of defacement that is meant to suggest that, in fact, when and if they want, they could, uh, cause more damage, and it, uh, it mocks, uh, the opponent, but defacement is an effective propaganda tool as well, uh, and then you've got social media projections, of course, which are critical, uh, shaping information landscapes. Uh, we've talked about fishing, and my personal favorite, bots. Right, because there's no point in doing this yourself. We've we've, we've become to some extent uh, a a culture, a, a cyber culture in which actually doing menial label, doing menial labor is viewed somewhat, you know disparagingly. So what you'd rather do if you're gonna do this stuff, you're gonna uh, you're gonna employ bots and you're gonna employ lots of bots and bots have become to some extent the new soldiers. Uh, and if you're very clever and you're very good at doing this, they can actually do all of this stuff for you um, uh, and to some extent indeed, uh, they they have. And so when you look at all of this, you're looking at this combo. So what it is that these folks do and who these folks are, and the third, because it's a three dimensional thing, to what extent do are you able to control them at all? Or well, no. I think attractive?
1: there's a fourth, and who who they're targeting,
0: and who they're targeting. That's right, and who they're targeting, uh, and and who can deploy more people targeting the other, right? And now you've got yourself uh, essentially the the essence of the virtual front in wars. Uh, that the law obsesses and the the humanitarian law, the laws of war, obsess about the physical war, uh, the, the physical aspects of warfare, allowing in their obsession the ability to have this front in warfare now metastasized in an uncontrollable way. And normally you'd say, well, we don't care, except that this is the front that facilitates and uh, makes complicit those who are involved in all kinds of damage, all kinds of injury, which can, in some ways, be far more long-lasting than shooting other troops, and then can cause as much physical damage or more to a greater number of people, usually all non-combatants, uh, than than uh, than the traditional war. This there's no control here. And everyone, and that brings me to my my last point, and then I'm going to bark bark here, <laughs> and we'll, we'll come back to this. This is uh, Ukraine, and uh, and the, the war in the Ukraine and the war in Israel is not over, uh, and we'll be back. But it it brings up another interesting point that we that probably is worth talking about in a war in in a context in which cyber warfare is intimately connected to traditional physical war and everyone is at risk of being injured as a combatant have we now moved beyond what we've been working on for hundreds of years uh the notion that you can separate combatants from non-combatants and have we all willingly or not now become combatants in whatever war I Someone think you've already answered them.
1: the we've answered the question throughout this entire podcast. Uh-huh. We've already, I mean, civilians
0: there's are nothing.
1: part of it, right?
0: And, We're and able. Exactly, there
1: is no line. There right. is fact, no line to cross.
0: And if in fact there are no civilians, now we've got ourselves a very, very, very different problem, and one that, uh, of course. Uh, Applying 19th century uh, legal models and 19th century normative models are not going to get us anywhere at all. And as a consequence of this stubborn unwillingness to face this problem, uh, this will come and bite us uh, sooner or later in ways that are going to hurt a lot. Woof, woof.
1: I guess you could just pretend that you're computer illiterate. Bark, bark.
0: Until next time. Thank you, folks.
1: Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time.